Breaking news from The Athletic. This is Mike Sando and Joe Posnanski from The Athletic with news out of the NFL. Big news it is. Uh, Longtime NFL head coach Marty Schottenheimer, really a titan of the game, starting in the 80s and certainly through the 90s and, and beyond, uh, has sadly passed away at age 77 after a tough fight with Alzheimer's disease. Um, Marty Schottenheimer, 200 victories in 21 seasons as a head coach, 15 winning seasons, only two losing seasons, 9.5 wins per season, eight division titles, three AFC title games, which fans know we'll get to those, went 14-2 and two in his final season of coaching and was fired after that fittingly after an excruciating playoff exit that really wasn't necessarily a reflection of his coaching, but might have been. It's a part of the legacy we have to discuss. And Joe, a lot of people associate you with Cleveland, but I actually associate you as an NFL guy, me being an NFL guy, with Kansas City because you were uh, a a lead columnist with the Kansas City Star uh, through the 90s, Marty's dominant heyday with the Chiefs. I'm just going to leave the floor open here because I think you don't need any direction on this. What are you thinking? Well, you know, I, I, I feel there's always such sadness when, you know, legendary figures like Marty pass. For, for me, this is especially personal, I guess, uh, because Marty is one of the few, maybe the only, person who uh, I idolized as a kid, well, at least a teenager, and he was the coach of the Cleveland Browns, and, and, and I was such an enormous Browns fan in the 80s, and then someone who I covered very closely, as you mentioned, when I was in Kansas City, and and so that, that makes him unique for me, personally, um, and so I'm, I'm feeling... A lot of sadness. Uh, I'm also feeling a lot of fortune that I got to know him and and see him at work. I don't I don't think there have been many who were as resolute as Marty was. You know, he, he, you mentioned his record uh, as a coach, and and I think the no losing records or one losing record or whatever it was. I think that's what speaks to him. He was he was just the same guy every single year. And the way he drove his players, pushed his players, it didn't matter what kind of team he had. Uh, it didn't matter the players that he had. It, he always found a way to, you know, really push them in, into playing this hard-nosed, uh, conservative most of the time, but but really excellent football year after year after year after year and you know it's, it's so easy to miss that because his postseasons were were so heartbreaking year after year after year but you know he was he, he's one of the greatest coaches in the history of this league and and I don't think there are many uh, you know there are those who have won Super Bowls who did not have the career and the success that Marty Schottenheimer had. You know, it's so true, and, and I'm one of the Hall of Fame voters for uh, pro football, and 
you know, I, I don't know if you can be a Hall of Fame coach without winning the Super Bowl, but one of the criteria that I look at is um, going to multiple places that were losers and turning them into winners is very hard to do. I mean, even this year, Tom Flores, you know, is, uh, has been up for the Hall of Fame, and he had great success with the Raiders. But then he went to Seattle, and it was the worst ownership in the league. Right. It was really unovercomable, and he didn't win. Well, Marty went to Cleveland and won. They hadn't been winning. Nope. He went to Kansas City and won, and that that was a great football town that was really in a funk and malaise, and, and they won. And he went to the Chargers, who obviously were had issues at the time, and, and ended up winning big his last three years. To, to drive success at multiple programs really is a hallmark of the great coaches. Yeah. And I think he's in that category. Um, but... You know, to be measured at the very top, uh, you do need that playoff success probably as a head coach. It's a little complicated. Maybe it's not complicated with Marty. I mean, it just sort of is what it is, isn't it? I mean, he he took them to the top of the mountain almost. Yes. Every time. Every yeah. time. Well, I mean, you, you know, you, you, you've said it exactly right, and I think you can you can take it to a whole other level. I mean, the, the Browns, when he took over, were really a shell of a team. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'd had this brief, brief, brief success under Sam Rotigliano, uh when they were the Cardiac Kids in 1980. And uh, and then they really fell apart as a team. And he came in and rebuilt that team basically from scratch. And then you cannot even begin to describe how bad it was in Kansas City when he and, and Carl Peterson yep. came and took over that organization. I mean, they... They were, of course, one of the the great teams in the AFL, and and they were in two of the first four Super Bowls. But then they didn't weren't they were terrible year after year after year. I mean, to the point where there really were rumors about the team leaving Kansas City. I mean, they were drawing nothing. They were uh, they they had made one playoffs in fifteen or twenty years. I mean, it was really bad. And then he came in there and immediately turned that team around. Instantly made them a a perennial playoff team, and uh, and then did kind of the same thing in San Diego. I mean, it, it's to do that once is incredible. To do that three times is you know pretty close to unprecedented. And I do think that's been overlooked and and will be overlooked yep. because. Yep. In Cleveland, he lost uh, uh, an AFC Championship game on a, on a John Elway Drive. In, in Cleveland, he lost an AFC Championship game on on a on a fumble. Uh, in Kansas City, he lost an AFC Championship game when Joe Montana got knocked out of the game. Uh, he lost several playoff games in heartbreaking fashion, and then, oh. as you mentioned, at the end of his career, uh, in his last game. He he loses, uh, you know, maybe the most heartbreaking one of all when uh, when they get the interception of Tom Brady and and seem to have the game put away and then and then fumble away the ball and and end up losing. I mean, it's you know how much of that is him, how much of that is bad luck. Uh, I know it is something that that he thought a lot a lot about. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna ask you. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you to tell a, a good Marty story here in a second, but I'm just kind of. Looking at his career, you know, in Cleveland, they went to two straight AFC Championship right. games, and then he actually quit uh, in a dispute with the owner the next year over whether 
they should bring in a new offensive coordinator. Okay, so Lindy Infante had been there as a coordinator. He left. He was a very talented offensive coach. Marty decided, dang it, I'm going to run this offense. Yeah. The owner, Art Mordell, didn't like it. And you know what? Marty said, I'm out of there. I don't know how many people walk away from a team that was two AFC title games. I know they struggled the next year. They were injured and stuff. Then he goes to Kansas City, and, you know, he sort of leaves abruptly at the end of that. Like, he didn't have much left to give. I mean, it was just... It was just so intense, and then to be fired at fourteen and two—I mean, those are three pretty unusual endings. And I actually went back, Joe, and I, I read your column from Marty Schottenheimer um, stepping down. Um, it's a little poignant, but I'm going to read the end of this, and I'm going to ask you to tell the Gleam story, okay? The Gleam story is a classic Marty story uh, that uh, I read in one of your columns. I believe you would tell at cocktail parties at one point, um, <laughs> but. Uh, he won't coach in Kansas City again. This is Joe. He ran out of time. He ran out of energy. He ran out of reasons. He just plain ran out. It wasn't a good move or a bad move. It wasn't a celebration or a funeral. It was just something that had to happen. There will never be another one quite like Marty in this town. He came around 10 years ago promising to save football, and he did. He couldn't quite finish the job, though. And so Monday, in a strange, squeaky voice, Using those safe words and phrases he always loved, and I'm going in, to inject here, frankly, obviously, you know, these are the, the Marty's. Yes. Uh, he boiled it down and stated what is obvious at this juncture. Again, at this juncture. <laughs> he said goodbye. And so, as we say goodbye to Marty Schottenheimer today, um, sadly, let's end on a positive note here, or a fun note. The Gleam is a legendary story. You kids out there can Google it probably or go on YouTube and, and see him saying this in the, in the huddle or in the on the field, the gleam. There's a gleam, man. What does that mean to you, Joe? Well, it's it it's I always associate it, of course, with Marty because of the way he would say it to his players. He would, you know, there is this wonderful NFL films thing, as you mentioned. You can go on, on YouTube and see it. This wonderful thing where he would be, guys, guys, there's a gleam. Let's go get the gleam. And and nobody had any idea what he was talking about, right? I mean, they, they it was it, <laughs> a it, gleam in your it, eye. It gleam, I mean, there's a yeah. gleam. It it comes from a poem. Marty was very well read and 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 a history guy, a history buff, and and someone who had uh, you know really some very uh, you know even though he was all football all the time, it seemed there was there was a depth to him and and. For him, the gleam was this. I think nothing made Marty Schottenheimer happier than beating a team when that team knew exactly what they were going to do. They yeah. knew, when they knew what plays they were going to run, when they, they, he didn't want to surprise people, he didn't want to to trick people. He wanted right up you and me, and we're going to beat you. And I think for him, that was the gleam was reaching that next level. Uh, and and pushing it beyond, uh, you know, running the same. You know, this was Vince Lombardi's move, right? Was running the yeah. same the 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 Packer sweep again and again and again. That was Marty too. I mean, that was the way he believed the game should be played. That you you are out there doing what you do, and the other team can't stop you. And and that was the gleam. And there were times that that they got there and they did it. And there were times, as we've discussed when the gleam wasn't enough, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, there, I, I believe now what I believe then when I wrote that, there'll never be another one like him. I mean, he he was, 
he was truly unique. And uh, like I say, I mean, I don't know what it means for the Hall of Fame to not win a Super Bowl. I don't know how you judge it. All I know is I don't think anybody else could have done what Marty Schottenheimer did. Absolutely. That's such a great way to... to leave it, Joe, I want to thank everyone for joining our breaking news coverage today. Please go to the Athletics' new headlines section for much more on this story. To get access to all of the Athletics' great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash headline pod, where you can find our latest subscription offer, just $3.99 a month. 